Church, Jesus Christ is alive. Are you guys ready for that? I don't know that you are. We're going to talk about that today. Jesus is alive, church. Guess what? In our celebration today, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are celebrating with 2.5 billion Christians around the world. This is not some little secret society. This is out. It is open. It is a celebration. And today I wanted to share with you that uh, a little over a quarter million people travel from all around the world to Jerusalem to the garden tomb. I have a slide for you, Ethan, if you would go forward to this slide. They travel there, I want you to hear this, to look in a tomb and see nothing. That is why people travel to Jerusalem all the time to go to the traditional garden tomb to see nothing. He is not there. The tomb is empty. He is risen. Uh, one pastor said this, the tomb of Christ is famous because of what it does not contain. Amen, church. Jesus Christ is alive. He's not in the tomb anymore. He is risen. In fact, the stone wasn't even moved away so he could get out. The stone was rolled away so we could see in, so the disciples could see in to know that Jesus Christ was alive and that he had risen from the grave. Interesting thing about world religions, all the religious leaders around the world, they have tombs, they have memorials, they have mausoleums to memorialize their life because they are now dead. Jesus Christ did not need a tomb or a mausoleum because He is what, church? He is alive. Amen. He doesn't need a place to remember Him because He is not dead. He is alive. He is alive and we can have His life together. You know, one Christian artist said this, it's been in my heart and mind for years. She said, I know he lives. I spoke with him this morning. Have you spoken to Jesus today? Do you know he is alive? Do you have a relationship with him where you are communicating with this living God? And this is our celebration. It should be the celebration of the entire world because Jesus died for the sins of the world. He rose again to give eternal life to everyone who believes. And there's a few things I want to emphasize today as we get into the scriptures. We'll be in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and then Paul's text on the resurrection. Before we do, I was looking back and reflecting on the things I've spoken about each Easter Sunday since being here in Wyoming. The first Sunday, the first Easter Sunday I preached here, I preached on the wrath of God. How dare the pastor preach about the wrath of God on Easter Sunday, right? We want to hear a feel-good message that makes us feel nice about Easter and the holiday. Uh, the second Easter here, I preach that Jesus is, in fact, God. You must believe that He is God to be saved, and there is evidence that He is God, and the resurrection is part of that. Last year, I preached on the six blessings of the resurrection. And today I want to talk to you about evidence in eternal life. There is good evidence for what we believe as Christians. Let's look at what Luke has to say. Mary has read our scripture from the Gospel of Luke, and Luke has another book he wrote, and it's the book of Acts. Here in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, he's writing to Theophilus. He says, in the first book, meaning the Gospel of Luke, O Theophilus, that word means lover of God. 
So there was a person whose name actually was lover of God, or he's speaking to a group of people. But today, as God's people, as we love him, we are, Luke is writing that we may know this. I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them. By many proofs by appearing to them forty during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And then I want to shift over to 1 Corinthians here where Paul tells us about the resurrection. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Someone told Paul about these facts when he came to believe in Jesus Christ. And these are the facts that Christ died for our sins according or in accordance with the Scriptures. By the way, why does the pastor read Scriptures? Why do we study the Scriptures? Because Christ did things according to the Scriptures. That He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with what? The Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, um, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. As Paul is writing this letter, many people are still alive uh, that saw Jesus raised from the grave. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one uh, untimely born, he also appeared to me. The apostle Paul saw the resurrected Christ. Let's pray together today as we get into this. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for this sacred time. And Lord, we thank you that we can join in the celebration of your resurrection as uh, other Christians are doing around the world this weekend and through Holy Week. And I pray today, Lord, that we are edified by your truth, that we bring your words into our heart, that we believe them, that we don't allow Satan to snatch them out, that we trust in you because we believe the facts. We have faith in you because you have given us the evidence that you are the living God. That you sent your son into the world to literally die on the cross for the sins of the world. That he truly was buried. That he was raised from the grave and in glorious life. And that we can trust in this and have eternal life. We pray that you bless your words as they go forward. And I pray, Lord, that we believe this. That we are not Christians in name only. But we are Christians who live out the truth of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, Jesus, in fact, is alive. We have the facts. We have the evidence. And everything we believe hangs on the fact of the resurrection. Uh, the resurrection is not merely an important historical Christian faith uh, thing that we teach. Without it, there would be no Christianity at all. It is the singular thing that radically changed the world. It's what everything depends on and what we believe as Christians. If the resurrection did not happen, we are not doing this. There's no reason to preach Jesus because He would be still dead in the tomb, but He is, in fact, alive. And church, this is who we are. We are a resurrection people. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are alive and we're teaching life to a dead world. This is who we are as Christians. And Jesus Christ is alive and He has given us all the facts and all the evidence. And that's what I want to deal with first here. Evidence. Acts 1 and verse 3 again. He presented Himself alive to them after His suffering by many 
proofs. It wasn't just the spread of the word. Jesus revealed himself to people alive with many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God before he ascended into heaven. Now, many of you have been indoctrinated by the world system telling you that the resurrection was a hoax. And some of you, even today, with all that we know and all that we believe, still doubt the resurrection. Because you've been indoctrinated by the lies of the world and your heart has been filled with doubt. But we have good evidence for the resurrection. And the problem has never been evidence. The problem has been unbelief. I've been in conversations with people and I've presented the evidence. They didn't want the evidence. They just don't want to believe. But to the believers, we build up the faith and encourage one another and edify one another with the facts. And I want to share some of the evidence with you today. We're going to use the word alive as an acrostic. So the first thing we want to use from the word alive is A, that there were appearances. That Jesus literally appeared to the disciples. Um, So who did Jesus all appear to? It says here, he appeared to Cephas in the text or Peter. Paul gives us this list. So Jesus appeared to Peter. Then he appeared to the twelve. Um, then more than 500 people, I would say that is attestable in court. I mean, we use eyewitness account today. It is empirical evidence. We bring people to the stand who are eyewitnesses who saw things, and we take their word on what they saw. But it's not just one person, and it's not just 12 people, over 500 people. And Paul tells us many are still alive today. So even when he's writing these letters, people that saw Jesus alive were still alive. And then he presented himself to James, his half-brother. What does James do after this? Who was a Jew? He starts a church in Jerusalem. Why would he start a church? Because he saw Jesus alive And then he appeared to Paul. He also appeared to the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, and Joanna. Jesus presented himself to all kinds of people. This is evidence for us, the appearances of Christ. The second thing I want you to see is that these women had a low social status. Now, why would we include women in all four Gospels? If their testimony wasn't even held up in court. It says here that they recorded this. Luke records this in Luke chapter 24, verses 22 through 24. Moreover, some women of our company, these two disciples that are leaving Jerusalem, they're depressed because Jesus has been killed. But they heard this news. Uh, Some of our women from our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find the body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that Jesus was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see at the time. All four Gospels give this testimony that the women either either saw the empty tomb or saw Jesus alive. Now this is the point. They had a low social standing at that time. If you're trying to create a movement based on the lie that Jesus rose but really was dead, you would not include the testimony of women. The Jews had a prayer. I want you to hear this. Thank God I'm not a Gentile. Thank God I'm not a slave or a woman for what a wretched life that would be. 
Now, if they had a prayer and they didn't trust the word of women, when they started Christianity, they would have never have included the testimony of women. But church, they did. And it is evidence for us. The third thing I want you to see is part of our evidence is that there was immediate proclamation of the resurrection and the gospel. Peter was the one who denied Jesus. All the disciples scattered. They're afraid. And Jesus starts appearing to them. They're hiding. And that's something else to think about. The women were not hiding. The men were hiding. And Jesus has to appear to them. The Holy Spirit fills their life. What do they start doing? Peter starts preaching the resurrection of Jesus. Acts chapter 2 tells us this. Jesus, Peter says, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up. So the first thing Peter started doing is preaching the gospel, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held in it. Jesus Christ died, he rose again, and the disciples start preaching the good news. Not to mention the women were already sharing this. The word was out that the tomb was empty, that Jesus had risen from the grave. They didn't wait years to think about this. They didn't start and spend years conspiring, trying to put this thing together. As soon as they knew and the word got out, they started preaching the good news that Jesus was, in fact, alive, which leads us to the next thing. In fact, every sermon in the book of Acts is about the resurrection of Jesus. And they begin to be persecuted. These disciples... If they were trying to start a false movement, if Jesus was still dead, they would not volunteer themselves to be persecuted. It says here in the book of Acts, Acts 4, and and the Pharisees would summon the, the, the apostles when they started preaching. They put them in jail, they arrested them, they would beat them. It says here, so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So they're already preaching this gospel. They're out in the open with it, and they're being arrested. But Peter and John answer them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. If you literally saw this man who was put to death come back to life, you would have to tell people about it. And they knew that he was the Son of God, and that he prophesied this, and he is giving life. They have to preach the gospel. Jesus is arrested. He's put to death. He's buried. The disciples are hiding. He's raised to life. He starts appearing to them. They understand now. They're preaching this good news that Jesus takes away death. That is the dark thing of this world. Everybody at the end of the day is scared of death. That's when everything happened with COVID. Everybody ran and hid because you're afraid of death. Jesus Christ came into the world to overturn death. There's no more sting in death. We should be preaching the same way. They, they, they were threatened to be arrested and punished and beaten and killed and still preach the gospel. The fifth thing I want you to see as part of Alive is that there is an empty tomb, church. We sang about it today. We've talked about it today. It says here in Matthew chapter 28, verses 11 through 15. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, Jesus' body has disappeared at this point. The guards were at the tomb, and they saw an angel there, and they took off and ran and went to tell the Jews what had happened. It says here, when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers that were guarding the tomb. I want you to know this tomb was not only guarded, it was sealed with a Roman seal. And all of a sudden, the seal is broken, the guards have run, the stone has rolled away, and they make this plot 
with these soldiers. And he says, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were sleeping. And it says here, and this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Even when the writing of the gospel took place, the Jews were still saying, the body was stolen away. Now what is the problem with this story? Now first, the narrative tells us that they actually saw something happen. But they ran, so they conspired together. How can we make people think that Jesus is really dead and that the body was taken? Okay, soldiers, even though you're under penalty of death for falling asleep, go around telling people, tell people that you were asleep and disciples stole the body away. If they were asleep when the disciples stole the body, how do they know that the disciples stole the body? Evidence. We're just making stuff up at this point. And they paid them off, and they said that they would speak for him, so that, for the soldiers, so they wouldn't be put to death. But here it is, church. The tomb is empty. It was empty then. It's still empty today. And Jesus Christ is alive. And this is what the Jews say. The Jews say the body was stolen. Muslims say that there was a substitute, that Jesus didn't really die on the cross, that someone else died for him. Agnostics say that it was all a hallucination. That, which is unfathomable for people to think. Atheists say that Jesus never really died. But here's the truth. He did die. The tomb is empty. Jesus Christ is alive. God is real. Christianity is true. And all the worldviews are false. We have the truth. And we have the evidence. And this is what we have to tell the people today. Jesus Christ is alive. He actually says this to the, to the Apostle John. The apostles are put to death at this time, and John is on the island of Patmos in prison because they tried to kill him, but they couldn't. They tried to boil him alive, and he wouldn't boil. They tried to poison him, and he didn't die, so they sentenced him to die on this island. And he sees a vision of Jesus appearing to him, Revelation chapter 1. When I saw him, Jesus who appeared to me in all his glory, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus Christ is alive. And church, this is the next thing I want to share with you. He wants you to believe. He offers you eternal life. John 3.16, Jesus tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Jesus died on the cross. These are the facts. He rose again. He is alive, and he is offering you his life. And this life is eternal life. And here it is. What does it mean to believe? That means I trust in him. I trust in the truth of everything that I know and I've heard about Christianity. I rely on Jesus Christ, and I cling to Him. The resurrection of Christ from the dead, uh, I emphasize this at every funeral. If you've ever been in any funeral service I've ever done, I'm not just giving little pats on the back and trying to make people feel good. I talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the world, you have been beaten down by the world system. You are depressed and discouraged about what we believe, and many people have begun to doubt the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but He is alive. We have the facts that Jesus is alive. This is good evidence that He is alive. And as you've heard today, we have good evidence that God has come in the flesh. 
that he lived a life as men. He did a ministry for three and a half years and the people put him to death and he would die for the sins of the world. He rose again. This is the gospel that we believe. And if you trust in Christ today, this is the thing. You pass from death to life. You are born again. Christ gives you eternal life. I'm going to ask Jay to come as we prepare to close. And we're going to have a time uh, to pray together at the altar. And here it is. Years ago, there was a young pastor. Uh, he was called upon and told that someone had died in his church. And he was asked to do a funeral, and it would be his first. He began to search the Scriptures to, to see what Jesus would do at a funeral. Uh, to, look at, to look for some words of comfort that Jesus may have shared. And as he searched, this is what he found. That Jesus always interrupted funerals. That death could not be in the presence of Jesus. That dead bodies would come to life. And here it is. Jesus has a message for everybody. For the wages of sin is death. We are born in sin. We are dead in our sins and trespasses. But if you believe in Jesus Christ, He, inter he interrupts this finality of death. And He offers you eternal life. And all you have to do is believe. And church, what we want to do today is just offer this to you. Now, some of you already believe, and maybe you need to come and just pray and say, Lord, I pray that you increase my faith, that I believe this, that you have given us the truth, that the evidence is here. In church, we don't check our brains at the door. That God told us to love, love him with all our mind. And we have truth, and we believe it. But maybe you've not believed yet, and you need to say yes today, that you may have this eternal life that Christ may interrupt death and your destiny and give you the path of life. So we're going to open the altars. Let's come and pray today. Maybe you need to pray for a loved one. Whatever it may be, come and pray. Bow your heads and close your eyes as we enter into a time of prayer. God in heaven, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for the ungodly. The world was in sin. We've gone our own way. And many today still even take the name Christian, but they are doing it their way. And Lord, I pray today that we begin to follow you with faith, believing the truth you've given us and the facts and the evidence that we may truly have eternal life. Lord, I pray for those who are still doubting. Lord, that you fill them with your truth, that they doubt their own doubts. Lord, I pray for those whose hearts have become hardened and no matter what we say or do, it seems to just hit a stony heart. I pray today that you soften those hearts. Lord, for those who are struggling in their faith and their commitment, we pray that they say yes to you, that they're all in. And Lord, that we continue to be a missionary church, that we're doing what you called us to do, to go and make disciples and teaching them everything you have commanded and that for them to be obedient to these things. 
Now, Lord, let us not be discouraged today. Let us not be depressed. Let us not doubt your truth anymore. For we are delivered by your truth. That we continue in your life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to you except by Christ. This is who we are as your people. Lord, I pray you continue to bless your people as they follow you, Lord. And I pray you give us more opportunities to serve you, to help people, and to share this good news you've given us. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, if you would just uh, wait a moment with me. I have uh, something I want to share. You guys can sit where you are, continue to pray. Every year, there's some article, there's some news report, there's something on the History Channel that tries to reject the good news of Jesus Christ. And years ago, you may have heard of the documentary by James Cameron, The Lost Tomb of Jesus. And everybody was in an uproar over this, that they had discovered the tomb of Jesus and they found these ossuaries in a tomb and they had bones with nails still stuck in it. And we already know that many people were crucified. And they were promoting it as they have found the lost tomb. The lost tomb had already been found before. And everybody was like, James Cameron, he must know what he's talking about because he made movies. And people started to believe. And this is what they said, that they had found the body of Jesus because they found a bone with a nail in it. And I had a friend. This is how it works. These are conversations you have. And I had a friend at work come to me and said he had saw that. And he said, well, he said, this is what could have happened. Maybe the body was still in the tomb and that he rose spiritually. And at that point, I told my friend, no, no, no. So Jesus appeared to the disciples. And there was one of these disciples who was doubting like you're doubting. His name was Thomas. And Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints in his hand, unless I see his side, I will not believe. And guess what? Jesus showed up. What did Jesus do? He went to Thomas and said, look, Thomas, here are my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side, for I am flesh and blood. And this is what Thomas did. He fell down on his knees and worshiped and said, my Lord and my God. Church, he is alive. This is what we believe. Let's stand. Uh, let's praise him as we stand. Praise his name. Jesus is alive. We also had a group of people that came early today and prepared a meal. It was awesome. I could tell it was awesome because some of you are tired from all the carbs you have. Let's give them a hand today as well. Thank you, Mike. Church, you are loved by God. You're loved by the church. You're loved by your pastor. Go in grace and peace. You are dismissed. And for those who don't know, we have classes at 10 for all ages.